Well, good morning, church. How are we? That's good. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I wasn't here last week, so I had to say it. Um, Well, welcome everyone, Uh, particularly if you are visiting here for the first time or you're visiting us online. um, It's great to have you. If you want to know a little bit more about what we do or you're new to the Christian faith even and you want to know a little bit more about it, some of this stuff might be a little bit foreign, um, feel free to come and chat to me or anyone on the team or there's plenty of lovely people around you as well. Um, so, I don't have too many notices this morning. Um, so, we've got a, on Thursday, uh, a Kids Church Young Leaders uh, Pizza and Planning Day, which is going to be awesome. I'm going to be at that as well. Um, so, if you are a, a young leader that helps out in the Kids Church area, um, and you do a fantastic job with that, um, then make sure you come along to that if you're, if you're able. Um, outside of that, um, I was... I have a few little things. Um, we've got QB camp, which is like the Queensland Baptist State Youth Camp um, coming up uh, in about a week's time. And we've got a, about 47 from memory of our kids going along to that, which is really, really awesome. Um, so if you could just keep that in your prayers, um, that would just be a really significant time for them. Um, I, in my experience, and I'm sure many of us can uh, kind of relate with this, is that Camps have been a really significant thing in our lives, particularly for, for young people, and God does a lot there, and that, that time together is just really, really special. Um, yes, if you can be praying for that. Outside of that, um, Evan and Mary Edwards, I, I have been told, um, just had their 67th wedding anniversary. <laughs> wow. So let's give them a hand. That's awesome. As far as I'm aware, they're not here, but I thought it'd be a, a, a worthwhile thing to, uh, to, to note this morning. Um, I'm glad someone told me about it. <laughs> um, but I'm going to hand it back to the team in a minute, but we've got a Kids Church video uh, from, um, from Tanya. <laughs> if you know me, you know that I love to eat lasagna, donuts, strawberries, chocolate, cheese. If I'm hungry, I can eat a lot. Sometimes I think I even eat when I'm not even hungry. But as much food as I can eat, it's nothing compared to a growing boy or on the even more extreme side, a teenage boy. A few weeks ago, we had about 50 people over at our house for dinner and we had heaps and heaps of food. It filled three tables full, but at the end, there was still hardly any left. The Bible tells us about a time where there were even more hungry people all in one place in John chapter six. So Jesus had crossed over the Sea of Galilee and a huge crowd had followed him. They followed him wherever he went because they had seen all the amazing things he had done and they'd seen how he healed people. So. Jesus climbed a hill and sat down and taught the people about God's kingdom. By late in the afternoon, Jesus' disciples started to worry. There were so many people and they hadn't brought food with them and didn't have anywhere near enough money to feed so many people. The disciples found one boy with five barley loaves and two fish. But the disciples didn't know what could one boy's lunch would do for thousands of people and Having seen how much food 50 people can eat, I can't even imagine how much food it would take for 5,000 men, plus women, and their children, how much food they would eat. Jesus told everyone to sit down. Then he took the bread, 
gave thanks to God and handed it out to all of the people. He did the same with the fish. And everyone was able to eat as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, the disciples gathered up the leftovers and they filled 12 big baskets full of leftovers. The people were so amazed that they wanted to make Jesus their king right there and then. The next day, Jesus talked about how he is the bread of life and how important it is to believe in him. Just like our bodies need food so we can live and grow, we need Jesus so we can be right with God and live with him in heaven someday. Even after a good meal, and no matter how much you eat, you will get hungry again. When we believe in Jesus, he fills us up with his words and his presence. And we have, can have life right now and later on in heaven too. Let's thank God for Jesus, the bread of life, and make sure that we fill up with his words and by spending time with him today and every day. Thank you, Tanya. Uh, so now we're uh, just about ready to have, uh, hear our message uh, from Pastor Matt. Uh, but before we do, uh, we are going to offer the kids a chance if there's some uh, packs up the back. I see a little basket there where if kids want an activity sheet because there's no kids' church on at the moment, uh, they're welcome to do that. And we're also going to collect our offering uh, during this next song. Uh, so. Uh, many people give during the week electronically. Uh, there is also an offering bucket or like box on a stick up the back there. Uh, but we also offer the third option, uh, which is these bags. So if you're near the front, could you grab one of the offering bags and uh, effectively, if you'd like to give that way, put something in there. If not, just pass it on to someone next to you and we'll, uh, and then um, as that's going past, you can stand and sing with us.
history and you'll continue to be faithful forever and ever and father as uh, pastor matt comes to bring us the message this morning i pray the holy spirit would dwell in our hearts give us eyes that are open and ears that are open and a heart that is open to hear from you this morning in jesus name we pray amen 
Amen. Thanks, team. We have a, a wonderful worship team and a wonderful team of volunteers in general at our church. So, this morning, uh, we're going to be going through uh, another Names of... Uh, oh, no. Oh, okay. Oh, I did get it wrong. I was like, is it Names of God or Jesus? I guess they're the same thing. <laughs> um, so... Just uh, if you want to turn to your Bibles, uh, John uh, chapter 6, verses 25 to 36. John chapter 6, verses 25 to 36. Um, so we're going through uh, Jesus. He, he, he uh, refers to himself as the bread of life. Um, so that's what we're going to go through this morning. And just a little bit while you're looking up here uh, in your Bibles, um, you're probably going to get hungry this morning. And so am I, because we're going to be talking about bread a fair bit and food. So I know it's tempting to be like, oh, Matt, why are you doing this? I'm so hungry now. I didn't even know I was hungry until you said that. Um, try to avoid uh, thinking about what you're going to eat for lunch after. And uh, we, we, want to, <laughs> we want to center on the, on the Word of God, hey? Um, I know, that'll, we've just got to deny the flesh, you know. You've got to, you've got to do it. Um, all right, let's read the passage. John chapter 6, verses 25 to 36. When they found him, uh, that's Jesus, on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. And that's referring, by the way, to what Tanya was talking about, the feeding of the 5,000. So this comes straight after that. Verse 27. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, Give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. Um, I thank you that you speak to us, Lord God, and I just pray that you would just be in our midst right now. Uh, that, Lord, that you would work through your word to convict our hearts, to change us more into your image, Lord God. Uh, I pray that you would just do your thing here this morning and that you would be glorified. Amen. So, bread. <laughs> Anyone hungry yet? No. <laughs> bread in the Bible is, is a very significant thing. Um, you wouldn't think something like so, so simple would be so significant. Um, but in the Bible, I looked it up and I've got this Bible software and on my computer and I looked up the word bread through the Old and New Testament and it comes up 492 times. 
That's a lot of bread. That's a lot of mentioning of bread. It's a very frequently used word. It's, a, it's used as an analogy, as we've seen, of, of different things uh, all throughout the Bible. So it, it seems like a very important idea. So I wanted to kind of go through that just a little broad strokes type thing this morning before we get more into the passage. But you think about times that it's been used in the Bible. You, uh, it was referred to in the passage this morning, like um, when uh, the manna from heaven, bread from heaven, uh, in the wilderness, that, that harks back to, to Moses and, um, and Israel going through the wilderness, and God provided manna from heaven each time. Even in this passage, we see that uh, just before it, that Jesus, and Tanya talked about it, Jesus provided uh, bread to the 5,000, bread and, and fishes. He multiplied that. It's a, it's a significant thing. In the, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, a big sermon that Jesus does in, in Matthew uh, chapter 5 to 7, He tells us to not be anxious about what we will eat. Why? Because He will provide for us. He'll provide bread. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus shows us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. During the Last Supper, Jesus took the unleavened bread and broke it to symbolize His broken body. It was a representation of Himself. He's referring to Himself as the bread, and His, his death is, his, is this bread broken. And that's, that's what we do at communion. We, we, take, we take the bread, and it's a symbol of, of Jesus in a way, and His body broken for us. So, and it's kind of hard, I think, even I don't quite fully understand it, because I haven't experienced it in the same way, but in the first century, I think this was much more significant than it is now. We live in like a, an extraordinarily amazing time in history, like amazing time in history, where we're very prosperous here in the 21st century. In Australia, we have things really, really well off. Even some of the uh, uh, people who have the least in our country still have so much more than many people in the first century would have. For instance, for to do with food... <laughs> We can, we don't, I don't think bread, I mean, most of us probably eat it fairly often, but it isn't the only thing that we have. We have so much different food that we can get. Like, there's like six different Thai places in Wynnum Manly alone. Um, <laughs> you can go get Italian. You can, you can get McDonald's if you really want to, if you want to steep that low. Um, <laughs> was a bit of a dig there. Um, no, but we can get pretty much all different kinds of food, Indian food from all around the world, uh, right within about a five-minute distance from here. Oh, I can get that, and most of us, uh, we probably at some point have the money to buy it too. We have resources. We have so much food readily available, we can, we can get it really, really quick. Even if we're kind of like, oh, I want to make a meal, or I feel like Indian tonight, or I feel like this, you can go to Coles. You can just go down, the, you can go down the road. Most of the time, it's within a five, ten-minute distance. You can go to Woolies. You can grab whatever you want. It's all there. You didn't have to go to the markets. You didn't have to grow it in your backyard and trade with someone down the road. You didn't have to do all this. If I want to go get a brie cheese to have on my, on my charcuterie board, as people call it now, um, I don't have to, like, get a cow get all the milk out and then, like, churn it up and then go through this huge process just to get myself cheese. And what I'm getting at is that we live in this time where food is, it's not as much on our minds of like, oh, when am I, how am I going to get it? Where am I going to get it from? Is it, It's very readily available. 
And, it's, and for the most part, it's actually quite cheap for what we can actually get, even with inflation recently. But the, in the ancient world, in the first century, where Jesus is talking, um, it was nowhere near the case of what we have now. It was not even close. We have so many options here at our fingertips, but they did not. They, they, they didn't have this. So bread was this really essential thing. It represented life. Most people could afford it. And it was, it, was, it was reasonably cheap, most people could afford it, and it would fill you up for the day. It would fill you up each time you eat it, but outside of that, you'd be pretty lucky if you got anything else. Like, it was a staple um, type thing, and it did represent life, because it gave you life to live. It gave you enough to, make, to, to maybe go work some more, to, to buy, uh, to get water, to get clothing and shelter, which is why if you, you go back to Matthew... Uh, I think it's chapter 5, end of chapter 5, where he says, don't be anxious about what you'll eat, about your clothing, about where your water and all these different essential things, because people were really anxious about it. It wasn't as easily gotten as it was at our time. So, bread was significant. It meant life. It meant life. And it was, it was, it was very, very significant. So, people, when they heard Jesus say this, and this is what I want to try as best as we can this morning, when we hear that Jesus says, I'm the bread of life, it's, it's significant. They would have known how essential bread is to their life. And then for him to claim that he is the bread for your, like, for your entirety, for humanity, that's a big claim. So, I want to... With that said, I want to I kind of want to explore this a little bit more. What is he meaning by I am the bread of life? So Jesus says here in verse 35 just to go over it one more time. In verse 35 he says, "I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst." So he's referring to himself as the bread of life. And this morning I kind of want to I don't have a huge sermon um, but I want to kind of go through two different aspects of him being the bread of life. And I've put it down to kind of two headings, salvation bread and daily bread. So Jesus, um, he might not call himself salvation bread, but I'm just going to use that little analogy for the moment. He claims to give us salvation. I'll go into that in a minute. And then he claims to be daily bread as well through his teachings. So salvation bread. He offers salvation. I know this is a pretty a bit of a no-brainer because we're in church and we're kind of like, yeah, yeah, this is why we're all here. We've got salvation and we've got Jesus, but it is, it is significant. So Jesus, he, he offers salvation. He, he offers the forgiveness of sins and a restored relationship with him. And that is the life at the very end of the day. That is the bread of life that stock standard, base level, we need. Each of us need. We need salvation. We need forgiveness of sins. We need to be restored in relationship with God, and then the journey begins, begins. Nothing else in this world, no other kind of food or bread, if you're going with the analogy, will be able to do this. No other thing. This is why Jesus says he will give food that endures to eternal life. Food that endures to eternal life. This is why he says that whoever comes to him won't hunger or thirst. 
The premise is, is that people have been going to other things and they have been hungering and thirsting. But he's claiming if you come to me, if you come to, if you come to Jesus, then you will not hunger or thirst no more. He will give you salvation. He will give you the forgiveness of sin. He will give you life and love. He will do that. And that's an amazing thing. And that's one of the primary things he's talking about here, is that he provides this salvation. He is the bread of life that we all stock standard need. And in life, though, I've, I've found, and just by my own observation of, of, of life in general, um, we, often look, we can often look to, to other things f- for salvation in a way. Um, bear with me here. We can, we can often look to different things for salvation. In other types of foods, I guess you could say. It's kind of one of the, from since the fall of humanity, Adam and Eve, it's one of the fundamental problems that each of us have, is that we tend to have the pride to think that we're better than God and that we can redefine good and evil, and then we can just do it apart from Him, and I can, I can be my own Savior in a way. I can do this. I don't need God anymore. It's one of the fundamental things uh, that is wrong with our heart, which we need salvation from. But the truth is that these other things that we look to in life, they, they don't do the job. All of history has showed us that. If you, you can literally look to most people and you can see it. You can see that it's not working. It's, it's, it's not satisfying the thirst and the hunger. It's not doing it. It won't satisfy it. But Jesus here, he's claiming that in him there is true salvation. That's a big claim. And he invites us in. So I just came up with some, some random things, often that we can look to for salvation. So you've got politics and government policy. Some people are like, no, I don't look to that map. But some, I reckon some people start to do that. Like, that's not going to save you. Our government and the policies are not going to save us. Alcohol and drugs will not save you. Even the best friendships, even the best marriages will not save you will not save you. The approval of others will not save you. Being able to control absolutely everything in your life will not save you. Having the best Instagram following in the world will not save you. Being able to, uh, sorry, making life, uh, the goal of life, money, not that money's bad, but making it your goal in life will not save you. Being the absolute best in your field of work, which is a really good thing to strive for, but it still won't save you. It won't. Being a perfect and flawless parent or partner won't save you. Doing enough good to outweigh your bad will not save you. And so on and so on. There's so many different examples of things in our lives, in, in humanity really, that we look to for our salvation. And they will not suffice. They will leave you hungry. They will leave you forever thirsting for more. Forever thirsting for more. If we look to anything but Jesus for our salvation and ultimate purpose in life, then we will be left hungry and thirsty. And Jesus, he he claims to be this bread of life. He claims to have the salvation that each and every one of us need. So you could say that Jesus is salvation bread in a way. 
And I, I guess I just want to pause for a little second here before I go to the second point. But do you have this salvation bread in your own life? Do you have salvation under Jesus? Do you know Jesus here this morning? Many of us do, but I, I want to ask the question. I, I don't want to assume that we all do know Jesus here this morning. Do you look to other things for your salvation? Are you constantly thirsty? Are you constantly hungry in that way? I'd love to be able to chat with you after, but we'll, we'll come back to that in a minute. So, secondly, we've got, so we had salvation bread, but then daily bread. Jesus is our daily bread. Beyond the satisfying, um, eternal salvation that we get uh, through Jesus, there's also a sense that he's the bread of life on the ground in our everyday life. There's like an eternal essence of salvation, but then there's like on the ground in our everyday life, He's our daily bread to help sustain us. So we have satisfying salvation bread, but then there's also bread that we have each day. So in a way, we're like positionally, when, when we come in, in repentance to God, to, to God through Jesus and His sacrifice, we, we are made right with God positionally, and we are made a new creation. But kind of on the ground, what you'll notice is that we're not, experience every, we're not experiencing every aspect of that as we're living, right? Life is still really hard. Um, so there's a sense in which um, that we need more. We need to live into the salvation that we have been given. We need to live more. We need to grow more into the image of Jesus, to more into the likeness of Him as we go along. And that requires us to go to Jesus each day, to go to God, to have Him as our daily bread. So when Jesus says he he gives uh, Jesus says give us our daily bread in the Lord's prayer, if you've heard that before, it was at the very least though. I want to I want to kind of go into it. Like, what is he meaning? If we kind of go, Jesus, you're my daily bread, and I need you each day. I want to live out the salvation that I have. I want you to change my life. And like, what am I exactly asking for? Um. So when Jesus says, give us our day, give us this day our daily bread, it was at the very least asking to provide for physical needs, right? Often that's interpreted that way um, because it was, a, as I said before, it's qu- it was quite a big need back in, in the first century and it is still to, for many people around the world, but in our current uh, Australian culture it isn't. But I, th- I think that's kind of not exactly the only thing it's getting at. Um, you can see really more holistically in Jesus' teachings and the teachings of the apostles that it's a bit more of a holistic type of view. It's a bit more of a spiritual type of thing as well. It's not just limited to physical daily needs. It's not like give us our daily bread and that's, that's it. It's not confined to physical things alone is what I'm saying. It isn't like he, he kind of says, oh yeah, uh, I can see that you're hungry I'm going to help you with your food, and then he just leaves you to your own devices for the rest of your life. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I don't see God really doing that. He wants us to grow into our salvation, that stock standard thing that each of us need. He wants us to grow into it. He wants us to 
But we see this in the Bible. We see that um, God, He wants us to have renewed minds. He wants to have new, renewed minds. He wants us to sanctify us, to kind of make and shape us more into the likeness of Jesus. He wants us to do that. He wants to help heal our minds from the damage of sin. He wants to help heal us from these different lies the enemy has told us and that has wreaked havoc in our bodies and in our minds. He doesn't want us to just think that we can be satisfied with our soul's hunger and thirst with anything else but Him. Daily bread doesn't just mean physical food. It's much bigger than that. It's more holistic. But if that's true... This requires us coming to Him daily, right? If we, like if you think about it, it's a really simple analogy, um, but if, if you don't eat today, you're going to be hungry. Like there's a sense in which like, yes, yeah, salvation, is, it's there. We've got it eternally as we follow Jesus, but on the ground, we need to keep coming back to Him. We need to keep coming back to Him each day. Hence why it's daily bread. Daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. It's not a weekly bread. It's not a monthly bread or a, a yearly bread. It's no, God, I want to be with you every day. I want to live this life with you every single day. I want to walk in my salvation that you have afforded to me. I want this to be a reality. Lord, would you change me? We have Jesus now. And He is working. He is our daily bread. And He wants us to live out this as we go along. I, I made a bit of a note here is that if, if again, if, if daily bread really only means physical needs, then it, it kind of seems hard that one of the, the, great, the greatest commandment that Jesus gives where we were, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength then, like, why would He only help us with one of those aspects? You know what I mean? Hopefully this makes sense. It's a little bit jumbled, I'm sorry. Um, but he wants, us, he wants us to to grow in every kind of area in our lives towards becoming more like Him. And we need to go to Him daily. He's our daily bread. He is the bread of life that we need each day. And I, I kind of want to talk for a sec about there's kind of counterfeit daily breads. And I've talked about this a little bit already in terms of where we look for our salvation. It's quite similar. But there's counterfeit daily breads. There's so many things that our flesh, that the enemy and the world around us try to, to kind of offer us as daily sustenance to kind of get through this life. There's so many different things out there. It's like it is a complete bombardment. It is all over the place. You don't have to look very far. It's relentless how much our flesh, how much the enemy, how much the world tends to just invite us to eat some really dodgy bread that won't sustain us, that, won't, uh, that will leave us thirsty. So my wife, she did, she's almost at the end of a um, uh, health science degree, um, and so she's, she's kind of the health guide of the, of the family. <laughs> Otherwise, I probably wouldn't be that healthy. Um, but she tells me that, that bread, it, it used to be 
uh, very good for you. It used to be actually quite good for you, um, hence why it's, it was such a big thing in the first century. But it was good when they made it in, in these traditional ways and uh, with really high quality kind of materials as, as, as well. Um, it would sustain you to a large degree, even if you had nothing else. It would sustain you even if you had nothing else, really, uh, which is why it was so essential. It was, it was, it was cheap, didn't cost mu- it didn't cost much, and it was, it was pretty good for you. It had a lot in there. However, so much of our bread today is absolutely mass-produced. There's so many more of us on this earth now, um, so mass production is, uh, is a thing. And, but in the mass production, it, it, it misses a lot of nutrients. It's, it's not made, a lot of bread, I'm not saying every bread, but a lot of bread that you could buy, say, at Coles or Woolworths, it's, it's mass produced. It's made uh, not in anywhere near as much quality as it was back in the first century. It's packed full of more gluten than probably most of us should be able to handle. Um, <laughs> hence why there's more allergies and things like that. Um, it's and it's usually packed full of sugar as well. You look at the sugar content in bread, it's massive. And so what I'm trying to get at, I'm not trying to dog cheap bread as much, but it's, it's kind of a very different thing to what it used to be, is what I'm saying. Um, and it, it, I would call it, in a way, dodgy bread that won't sustain you. Um, it'll, it'll, it'll just feed you with sugar and these other things. It's, it's kind of very average food. And now... If Jesus is this top quality, like, amazing bread that you can get from, I don't know, somewhere in Europe at, like, some little town where they're doing all this, like, stuff, like, handmade and things, and with great ingredients that they have in their backyard and so on and so forth, if Jesus is that, then what the world offers is that dodgy, like, stale bread that you can get for, like, 80 cents at, at Coles. It's, it's not going to do much for you. It might fill you for a moment in time, and it might kind of satisfy you, but it'll leave you wanting more. It will, it'll, you know, going with the analogy, it, it, it's not good for you. It will be a detriment to you over time. It's kind of like eating lollies. If you just, if you had a, if you just had a diet full of lollies, like you would not live very long. <laughs> it, it will be like a cancer to you. And if you're following along, I'm just trying to say that. That Jesus is his high quality. He's the thing that will sustain us. But what the world tends to entice us with, what our flesh seems to entice us with, what the enemy entices us with is this cheap, not good bread. It's a, it, it try, the enemy tries to entice each of us to go, hey, yeah, this is just as good. I can satisfy you. I can do this. This is what this can do. It's temptations and these things, but they're an absolute lie. It's an absolute lie, and they will bring death to us. They will bring death to us. Which is all the more why I see why we need to go to Jesus. If we've got a world around us, and I am, the more and more I I read, the more and more I research, the more and more I listen, I see how... um, interesting this world is, <laughs> to put it lightly, how much it's, it's, it's kind of going away from the ways of God and how much that is easily accessed and bombarding us. And I think it's important in that kind of context, in the world that we live in, to go to Jesus daily, to go to Him as our bread of life. 
that we would come back to him, that we wouldn't go to these counterfeit breads, that we wouldn't go to these counterfeit different things, these other things that we're enticed by, but that we would go to Jesus daily as our daily bread. But as I finish up, I just wanted to point out one other little thing in this passage. So we've seen that Jesus is our salvation bread. He gives us salvation that nothing else can give us. He is our daily bread. He's the thing that sustains us on the ground as we do life each day. He's our daily bread, and He helps us to be more shaped into His image, to someone that looks and sounds like Jesus. But in verse 26, Jesus says to the crowd, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of loaves. And I think there's a caution here, and I thought it was worth kind of adding in at the end here. There's a caution in this to not just go to Jesus for your fill of salvation and daily sustenance, just for that. There's certainly an amazing thing about that. I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do that, but the caution is to not just go to Him for that, but to go to Him for Jesus. Go to Jesus because you love Him. It's kind of like my wife. I don't hang out with her. I'm not married to her. I don't spend heaps of time with her because of what, only because of what she can give me. That'd be pretty selfish, right? <laughs> I, I actually, I, I, don't, I don't do that because I, don't, because I just want everything for myself. It's not transactional in that way. It's not consumeristic. Actually, I, I love my wife, and I strive to be the best that I can, um, and to love her like Christ loved the church, and so on and so forth, because I love her, because I want to be with her. I do that because I want to be with her, and I just want to spend time with her, because I'm thankful for being in her presence. And in so much, much bigger, bigger way, this is what it is like with God. We don't come to Him because he just, just because He gives us salvation, because He gives us our daily bread, which is an amazing thing that we should seek after. That's been most of my message today. But we first and foremost go to Him because we love Him. We want a relationship with Him. We want to spend time with Him. And why would we not want to do that daily? So I'm going to ask the uh, worship team to come up now. Um, but I wanted to just leave you with some simple questions. Where do you find your salvation in life? Is it in Jesus? Or is it perhaps in something else? Or a few things? Where do you go for your daily bread? Are we spending, this is a good question to ask, particularly at the start of the year, you've got New Year's resolutions and so on. But as we start this new year, where do we go for our daily bread? Are we spending time with God each day? Are we carving out even just to start 10 minutes each day? Are we carving time with Him? Or are we getting distracted by so many other things in our world? Are we looking to other dodgy, mass-produced bread? All these different things, or are we coming to the, the, the quality, satisfying bread, which is Jesus? Let's pray. Lord, I, I thank You. Um, thank You that You are the bread of life, Lord. I just want to 
say sorry for myself, but on behalf of us as a church, Lord God, if we've looked to other things other than you, um, Lord, that if we've looked to different things in this world and in this life uh, other than you for our sustenance, for our daily bread, Lord God, and Lord, I pray that you would help us, that you would, your Holy Spirit would lead us, that you'd fill us right now, Lord God, that we'd be able to seek after you, that we'd be able to love you, and Lord, that we'd become more like you. Thank you that you love us, Lord. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that we can even just be in relationship with you in the first place. And Lord, we just want to spend time with you. And Lord, I, I just pray also that if there's anyone that's kind of like, I just don't feel that passion right now, Lord. I pray that you would just ignite something in them right now. As we go into, the, into our weeks, that you would just ignite something of a passion for you, that first love that they might have had. Amen.